Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. All right, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you uh, that you are a God who comes into this world in a beautiful, humble way, um, but with great promise and hope <laughs> out of love and, and to bring peace and joy. And I just pray, Lord, uh, tonight as we just focus on those four big words again, that we would be reminded of just <laughs> great reason why, why we celebrate. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, if you're new with us, we've uh, been going through this series called Joy to the World and uh, looking at these four big words during the season of Advent, which is essentially the month of December, looking at hope, peace, joy, and love. And what we've discussed in them is that we've seen that hope calls us to live for something bigger. Hope being that uh, oftentimes we can just get caught in this trap of hoping for the next thing or what is cool and unique and new becomes plain and ordinary just in a season. What was really awesome, I was watching Home Alone with my family this last week. The TV-VCR combo becomes very outdated and I have no idea what that even is anymore. But the hope that Jesus promises to bring is one that is everlasting and continues on. We talked about uh, peace, a promise that, that Jesus brings. One that is not just an absence of war or struggle or pain or suffering, but one that transcends our pain, our struggling, and our suffering. And we talked about this passage in Philippians 4. It's a beautiful passage that the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then we talked about joy. And we talked about this distinction between happiness and joy. Happiness is something that is happening to us, but joy is something that is deeper it's not dependent upon some outside event. It's something that, that we live by. It is our core identity and root in who we are. And interestingly, uh, we talked about this quote from a woman named Brene Brown. It's a beautiful quote where she says, I will practice, practice gratitude to access joy. This came from a study that she did that was an 11-year-long study. You remember this? 11 years, she studied people, and she asked the same question. Would you consider yourself to be a joyful person? And the common thing that those who answered yes to, yes, I'm a joyful person, they all had some way that they practiced gratitude. And what her conclusion was, was this, that if you want joy in your life, you have to practice gratitude. You have to say thanks in a structured way. And so we talked about to access joy, we will say thanks even when we can say it when we're smiling and when we're crying. And then last week, 
Just, gosh, two days ago, we talked about this big word, agape, love. The promise that Jesus brings, agape being others' focus, a self-giving love is first shown by Jesus, seeking the well-being of others regardless of their response. And in that story, um, in that moment, we talked about this, this story from the Bible. It's become one of my favorites. The story of a king and who gets to sit at his table. And Mephibosheth and how he was invited into the king's table because the king said so. Showing agape, unconditional love. All of these things point to Christmas. They point to the coming king that we celebrate. And and I want us for a second at least to imagine if this passage, Matthew 121, would have been answered or filled in differently. Imagine if it would have said this, Mary will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will condemn them of their sin. He will give them 10 rules to follow and if they break the big 10, it's not good for them. Imagine if it would have been said of Jesus coming that that he will be your friend and tell you it's gonna be okay when they have no idea if it's really gonna be okay. Or imagine if he would have came and just followed you on Instagram and liked all of your stuff. Instead, what it says of Jesus is that he will come and he will save the people from their sins. It's a massive claim. It's who Jesus is and why he came to this very world. And traditionally for the church, we call this good news. It's the gospel. It's something that we celebrate It's the reason that we have joy. It's the reason that we suffer in the lines of Target. And by the way, I was just over there in the brickyard, and it is packed over there, all right? So if you haven't done your Christmas shopping, good luck, all right? I mean, it's the reason that we give gifts and we celebrate and we have all kinds of Christmas cookies and family traditions and all things because it's good news. And it's interesting, I came across this story this last week, and it just, it broke my heart, and I just wanted to reshare it. it traditionally speaking, uh, there was this guy's name was Billy Graham. Has anybody heard of Billy Graham by, by chance before, all right? He was known as, for a while, um, a really well-known, if not the most well-known uh, evangelist in the United States, or maybe even in the world. And Billy Graham... Um, went on these crusades. He was a pastor uh, to many people. And these crusades were all about telling people about Jesus and this good news of who Jesus is and what he has come to do. He did crusades in 85 different countries covering six continents. The biggest of these crusades that he ever had was this place in uh, Seoul, uh, South Korea, It was estimated that there were at this event around like 1.1 million people that showed up for it. It's a pretty good showing. And 
And in that moment, June 3rd of 1973, we see that, that Billy was sharing the good news of this Jesus who has come into the world. Well, just this last year, uh, Billy Graham died. And uh, this is a picture of his home. They had uh, his, his funeral service was outside of his home and thousands of people came to show up uh, to uh, come and honor this man and, and talk about uh, just the impact that, they, that he had on their life and all this sorts of stuff. And everybody in the crowd probably could have spoke, so they decided to allow uh, just family members and close friends to come and speak at Billy Graham's funeral. And so each of Billy's kids came up and spoke. And you can go and watch this all online, his whole funeral service is online to watch. And, and one of his daughters came forward her name was Ruth, and she shared just an incredible story, <clears throat> an incredible story that I want to just share with you here today. <clears throat> she says this, uh, I've heard many people say that they have a Billy Graham story, and I want to tell you my own. She says, after 21 years of marriage, my marriage ended in divorce. I was devastated. I floundered. I did a lot wrong. The rug was pulled out from under me. My family thought it would be a good idea for me to move away, to get a fresh start somewhere else. And so I decided to live near my older sister and her family and near a good church. <coughs> and the pastor of that church introduced me to a handsome widower. We began the date, dated fast and furiously. My children didn't like him, but I thought, you know, that we're almost grown. They didn't know. They couldn't tell me what to do. I knew what was, what was best for my life. My mother called me from Seattle. My father called me from Tokyo. They said, honey, why don't you slow down? Let us wait to get to know this man. But Ruth, at her father's funeral, said this, they had never been a single parent. <clears throat> they had never been divorced. What did they know? So I decided to marry that man. This man on New Year's Eve, and within 24 hours, I knew I made a terrible mistake. After five weeks, I fled. I was afraid of him. She thought, what am I going to do? I wanted to go talk to my mother and father. And so... I made the trip. It was a two-day drive. Questions swirled in my head. What was I going to say to my daddy? What was I going to say to my mother? What was I going to say to my children? I'd, <clears throat> I'd been such a failure. What were they going to say to me? We're tired of fooling with you. We told you not to do it. You embarrassed us. She said, you certainly don't want to Embarrass your parents. But when Billy Graham's your dad, you definitely don't want to embarrass him. And so she said that as she was driving up to, to her dad's house, where she was speaking, she arrived. And 
As she got there, waiting for her was her dad right outside of the front door. And he got out of that house, and as she came and approached him, he just had a simple statement that he said to her. Welcome home. Ruth said, uh, there was no shame, there was no blame, there was no condemnation, just unconditional love. And she said, you know, my father was not God, to be very clear, he was not God, but he showed me what God was like that day. That when we come to God with our sin, When we come with our brokenness, our failure, our pain, and our hurt, God responds with, welcome home. And that invitation is open for all of us. As I heard that story, I just was weeping like a little child. I was reminded that in this season and time, We talk about good news. We talk about a God who is calling us home. Who's saying, welcome home. And ultimately, what he is doing is he's exchanging fear for hope. He is taking away hate for peace. He desires to move us from misery to joy and ultimately to bring us to a place enmity to love. As we celebrate Christmas this year, as you eat cookies and sitting around with family and opening up all kinds of presents. I hope that you would know and be reminded of what God is saying in a very powerful way on Christmas morning. He's saying, I've come into this world to bring you back home. And so... I don't know where that hits you today. Uh, For me, it's something that I get excited about and I'm joyful for, that our God is one who is constantly inviting us back into relationship with him. Maybe for you, that hits you in a way that you didn't know what you were stepping into when you showed up here tonight. And if you want to lean in more to this, I have a, a gift for you. Um, it's on the back blue table over there. I only have a handful of them. It's a book that's called How Good is Good Enough, written by a guy named Andy Stanley. And I think it's a a phenomenal, phenomenal read to just share about the goodness of our God, the reason that we celebrate, and the reason that Christmas is something that is filled with so much joy. My only request for you if you decide to take one of those books is that in each of those books is, uh, is my business card, and would you just please let me know that you took it? 
because I just love to talk to you about it. But may we all be reminded that during this season and time, that this is what God is doing, welcoming, welcoming us back home. Would you stand for a time of prayer?